Let's pray if we can before. I want, to, I want us to pray for what's going on over, overseas right now as a church. And if you're watching online, thank you for joining us this morning. If you'll pray with us and join us too before we get into the, to God's word. <sighs> Heavenly Father, we just, we come before you like so many are seeking you this morning in regards to what's happening over in the Middle East and overseas right now, God. Um, Lord, no one likes war. No one likes violence. No one likes innocent lives and people being caught in the crossfires of military conflict. And God, as I'm preaching today about your name, your sovereignty, Lord, we know that you are sovereign, that you have a plan, you have a purpose. And God, first off, I pray for your people, uh, the Israelites, Lord, the Jewish nation, God. They have been your people from thousands of years ago, since times of Abraham. Uh, you have chosen them. You've called them, Lord. You've given a, an unbreakable covenant with them, and that's still going on today, and it will until we are perfected with you, Jesus Christ. So I pray, God, for your protection, your shelter, uh, your strength to them. Help their leaders, Lord. God, I pray that you just be with them, God, and and uh, just as, as Scripture says, Lord, the, the one in Psalms, the one who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And so, God, we pray for the apple of your eye, your chosen people. You would bless them, and we pray that you would just bring peace, God, to, to that land and that nation, Lord. And as the Scripture shows, encourages us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord. We lift this up to you right now this morning. And in the same token, Lord, we pray for all the innocent lives, God, that you know, like I mentioned, have been caught in the crossfires, Lord. Help families, help people, Lord, on both sides of this conflict, God, that, that have lost lives and that are struggling, that are wounded, Lord. We pray you would help them and, and help innocent people to get to safety, Lord. Let them get to a place of protection, Lord. And, and we just pray and, and bring this to you right now, God. God, I pray that people would call upon you, Jesus, that through this, Lord, people would see that, Jesus, you're the only hope, you're the only answer, and that salvation and true life is only found in and through you, and that as the Apostle Paul writes, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, that thousands upon thousands upon thousands will look upon you, Jesus, and they'll call upon you as their Savior and Lord. We ask this, uh, believing in your name, Jesus, amen. 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 All right. I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you. Whether you, are, whether you are glad to be here or not, I'm glad you're here, okay? Every single one of you, if you're a guest with us this morning, you've been here you know, one time, two times, a couple times, you've been here for the full 25, 26 years that this church has been in existence. I'm glad you guys are here. Can we just praise the Lord this morning? For the freedom that we have to gather and worship, to watch online church services, that's a freedom that we have, and let's not take it for granted, amen? Praise the Lord. Um, we're going to be reading our text this morning from Genesis chapter 1, if you want to go there right now, but immediately after the service, we've ended a fiscal year uh, at the end of September, so we have financial statements available. I'll run back and get them, or somebody can grab them, bring them up here, they'll be available up here if you care to have one. Um, and then we'll be available, um, I'll be available at the end of the service uh, uh, to take any questions that you might have, you know, uh, that'd be great. I think 
Jeff's here, an elder, and Rob, I couldn't see if Rob, not here today, okay. But yeah, that'll be right after the service, not long, not long, that kind of stuff can kind of be boring, but some of you are really into that, and that's okay, so, you know, and some are like, oh, it's all good, you know, um, but that's right after the service, okay. All right, this morning we're continuing the series that I started last week, Hello, My Name is God, where we're going to be talking about the various descriptive names that God has revealed throughout Scripture to us to identify himself with. These various names, they represent and reveal God's attributes, his essence, his character, and his very nature to us. And this is important because as we unpack the various names that God has revealed himself to mankind with, we learn more about God and we learn more about who God really is through these different names, because each name will reveal a different attribute, a different character, a different aspect of God's nature that we can apply to our lives, all right? So our, our theme for this series is found in Psalm 34.3. This is one of our chief aims and our chief goals in this series. You can read it with me on the screen. The psalmist writes, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Let's read that again all together, okay? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's beautiful. You guys should be up here hearing you guys all say that. That's awesome. That's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to magnify and we're going to exalt his name, right? Amen? Yes, okay. And through this series, we're going to get to know God more, and we're going to have a deeper relationship with him. Uh, Knowing these names will impact your walk with the Lord, will impact your worship of God. It will impact your prayer life, okay? And so if you missed last week, I challenge you, go online, give last week's a message, uh, give last, last week's message a listen, maybe while you're mowing the yard or you're driving or... I don't know, whatever you do, washing the dishes or cooking, it don't matter to me, okay? But give that last week's message a listen um, because it's important because it gives the why for this series. And last week I discussed some very foundational aspects regarding God's name. So as we read our text this morning in Genesis, it's going to chapter one, it's a verse that many of you can probably quote by memory but it reveals the very first revelation of God's name to us, mankind. This is the very first descriptive name that God introduces himself to everyone, okay? And there's so much in this one name that I'm, I'm, this is part one this week and part two will be next week, okay? And as I start talking about God, all right, I may get a little excited this morning. Is that okay? I may, like, What's I may what we called growing up preach a little bit. Are you okay with that? All right. So don't you know it's a warning. Greg could get a little excited. All right, because we're talking about God, man, and it's awesome, and He's awesome. So Genesis chapter one, verse one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. How many have read that verse before in your life? (laughs) How many have heard it somewhere? How many have it in a plaque or somewhere on your wall? All right? That's it, gang. Just 10 words this morning and next week, but bam! What an amazing 10 words in Scripture. In the beginning, 
God. In the beginning, God. Boom. That's how God began to author his word. He wanted everyone to know right away, he's not playing games, he's not messing around. In the beginning, G-O-D, okay? Now, when we read the Bible, on this very first page, the very first sentence, we find these words, and these words have not been diminished, they have not been tarnished by the ages that have passed, they are still just as profound and impactful as when the author first penned them under the direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This sentence, these few words, they, they set it all in motion. All the rest of the Bible, ever, all your favorite verses, all the parts of the Bible you hold dear, all of the rest of the narrative story of God and his loving kindness and his redemption towards man, it all is set in motion right here. These words frame and declare everything, everything. In the beginning, God, right there it is. You know, it's interesting that the pagan nations during this time of the Old Testament they believed and worshiped many gods. That's polytheism. We talked about that last week. And in their polytheistic worship of all these many gods, they all have their narrative and stories of how their gods came about. You know, some rose out of chaos and waters and waters that were all turbulent. Some of the gods came out of that. Some married each other. Some had, you know, God children together. Their gods warred with each other. They, they made their gods out of various aspects of nature. The sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, rivers, the storms, the ocean, etc. And even after they had to create narratives for creation of how we and the earth came to be, you know, and, and one, of, one of these narratives goes like this, that the, the heavens and earth came from the dead carcass of a defeated and dead God, and the rivers flowed out of its crushed skull. Wow. Really? That's pretty inspiring, right? No, not at all. Listen, how God reveals himself to us in this first sentence is such a direct contrast to all the pagan origins and stories of the pagan religions and the pagan gods around there during that time and even time forward, even to today. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And this sent the message that the God of the Bible was the real deal. He alone is all-powerful. He alone is eternal. And he alone created everything. What's his name? God. His name is God. In the beginning, the G-O-D, praise the Lord, okay? But God's not really, you know, the way we English term it, G-O-D, how we spell it. That's not really the way God introduced himself to us. So we have to understand that the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language, right? The Hebrew language. And this word that we render God in English, it doesn't appear in the Hebrew language. So G-O-D is our English rendering for the Hebrew name for God. In the Hebrew, G-O-D is Elohim. Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M. That's the first revelation from God about who he is. Elohim. 
See, this is the general name for God to the Israelites or, or, or the Hebrews. And later on, we're going to talk about more of a, a personal, proper name that God reveals later. But Elohim is kind of just like we say, hey, you know, God, God, in, in a general sense, that's what the Hebrews would use, Elohim. And it's used all throughout the Old Testament. You might notice if you're a student of the Bible, when reading the Old Testament, that sometimes God is spelled with a capital G and sometimes God is spelled with a little g. Well, the little g is Elohim as well because this word can be used to describe a deity or an idol or a supernatural created being, a heavenly being like angels or even like a king. But those with a capital G is talking about the God, the supreme one, Israel's God. The word Elohim is mentioned 2,681 times in the Old Testament in the Hebrew language. 2,330 of those times that it mentions, it's referring to the God of the Israelites. So what does this name Elohim mean? What does it reveal about God? This general name that the the Hebrews would use when they say God, it's, it's big, man. It's big. It had a lot of connotation to them. It had a lot of meaning for them. Are you ready for it? It's contained in the very first sentence of the Bible. Elohim means the eternal, almighty, supreme, creator God. Whoa, man, can we just, come on, worship him right now for that. The eternal, almighty, supreme, creator God. That's how God, right away, that's how God is introducing himself with this definition of his name. In the first verse of the Bible, in the first words of the Bible, the eternal, almighty, supreme creator God. God could come up to somebody, hey, what's your name? Alan, well, hi, Alan. I'm Elohim, the eternal, almighty, supreme creator God. How are you doing today? (laughs) That's how God introduces himself to us right away. Now, this, this isn't the most frequently used name that God identifies himself with, but it's the very first one. And he wants us to get it. He wants us to understand the, the massive meaning and implication behind his name. Elohim is used 35 times in 35 verses in chapter 1 going into chapter 2 of Genesis. It's Elohim, 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 Elohim. And it's no accident that this revealed word is the very first subject in the Bible. It's, it's like he wants the readers of his word to get it. He wants to emphasize who he is in, in such a massive way for everyone to understand the eternal, almighty, supreme creator God. There's a lot in those words. There's a lot in those words. But I want to focus for this week and next week on five things that we can learn about God from this first introduction of himself to us. The reason he revealed himself through this name, Elohim. Number one is that God, Elohim, is the God of all might and all power. Tell that to somebody. Say he's the God of all might and all power. That's a good testimony right there. See, we're magnifying and exalting the name of the Lord. What does that, that means is God, Elohim, is sovereign in totality. He is the sovereign master and supreme master over the universe and every single thing in it. 
everything and everyone that has been here or there or here and or it's going to be it's all here because of God there is no other like him and there's no other that's higher than God that's what Elohim means Psalm 113 verses 4 through 6 the psalmist writes the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high who looks far down on the heavens and the earth listen he Elohim is the supreme master of the universe the supreme master of it all, gang. Now, you might be a child of the 80s, all right? And if so, you'll know what I'm getting at. But, but I'm sorry, He-Man and your friends who you call the masters of the universe. God, Elohim, already beat you to it. No matter how many times you yell, I have the power. You remember that cartoon? All right. God has no equal. God has no equal, gang. Praise the Lord. Say that with me. God has no equal. Good job. That's a testimony right there. You know, a lot of times if you go out maybe in the world and you survey people or you ask them this question, hey, what is the opposite of God? People will typically give the, this kind of answer right here. What's the opposite of God? The devil. Honestly, there's a lot of people that think that the opposite of God is the devil, but that's not true. Gang, the devil is simply a created being by Elohim, the eternal, almighty, supreme creator God. There is no equal to our God Elohim, not even close. He is completely sovereign, praise the Lord. He's omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. He has unlimited power. Listen to what he says to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 46.5. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? <laughs> Praise God. That's awesome. And because of that, God is above and apart from everything. God is above and apart from everything. This is the meaning of God being Transcendent. This is the transcendency of God. This means that he is distinct from his creation. It, it means that he's not subject to the limitations of the universe that we're subject to. This means that he is above everyone that has ever lived and ever will. This means he created everything. And, and then after he created that, he existed outside and above everything that he created. And, and you just don't see that in the stories of the man-made pagan religious gods that are within the context of nature and people. For instance, in Greek mythology, the big top dog god over them all is Zeus, and he is the god of the sky and thunder, and even then he's limited to that. They are all limited to something. And all these pagan created stories of, you know, Greek mythology and Roman mythology, not Elohim. He created it all and he's over it all and he's above it all and he's not subject at all to his creation. And that's very, very good news for all of us. Very, very good news. He created all of it. He's above all of it. He's over all of it and he's not subject to his creation. That's Elohim, the eternal, almighty, supreme creator God. The second thing we learn from this verse, number two, is God Elohim 
is self-existent and he's eternal. And he's eternal. Self-existent and eternal. God's eternal. Do you know what that means? Simply put, it means that God was there before anything else. God was there before anything else. Our text says, in the beginning, God Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Gang, before there was a heavens and earth, there was God. There was God. We can't even comprehend this because we are such creatures and slaves to time. Time is ingrained in us. It's part of who we are. We measure our days in time. We look at our watches. We, we, we look at our calendars. So we, we see the sun go up and go down. And we, we count our years. Happy birthday. Another year older. You know, and, and so we measure everything in our lives with time. Eternity is timeless. It's, it's forever, extending backwards as well as forwards. And God, Elohim, is eternal. Is eternal. But it's hard to grasp that, right? So here you go. Try to think of the highest number that you can. Right now. Come on. Keep counting. I see you. Keep counting. Some of you are like, one, two, three, four, five. I'm out of fingers. That's all good. No matter how hard you try, you can't. You can't get to the highest number. Why? Because it continues and 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 continues. You get it? Even computers. just That's like God. He is forever. He's forever. One time as a little kid, I was sitting in a kid's church service one time and the children's pastor tried to explain to us, you know, what, uh, what eternity was like. So I said, okay, kids, if you, if you start in the top corner of a room and you just write little, little zeros, the same shape, all the way around, little circles, and just keep going all the way in a line, and then go back, and then go back, and then go back, and then go back, and you, you cover all the walls, and you cover the ceiling, and just before you get done, it, somebody races on, you got to start all over again. And every time in a race, you got to start, that's kind of like eternity. Megan often says that she was always afraid when she was a, a wee child uh, uh, of eternity and people talking about eternity because she just couldn't grasp it. And their mom says, well, just don't think about it, you know? <laughs> and that's good. But, but gang, we learn from God's revelation of himself in this name that he's eternal. He's forever, which means nothing created God. Nothing created God. The Bible starts off by showing us that in the beginning, there was only one God. And everything that comes after is the direct result of the activity of God, Elohim. We see that God doesn't have a beginning. God doesn't have an ending. That's eternal. And eternity is not just about time. It's actually another dimension of existence, and it all belongs to God. And we see that even time itself is a creation of God. You see, gang, God is the one responsible for all time. The time that we measure ourselves by. The time that we are slaves to, so to speak. God is the Lord of time. 
Our text reads, in the beginning, that's not talking about God's beginning. No, he started the beginning. God created the beginning. Beginning here is a marker of time. Before time began, in the beginning, God was there. And when time is over, guess who's still going to be there? God eternal. Amen? God is above time and he exists outside and apart from time. God is not limited to seconds, hours, minutes, days, months, and years. Praise God for that. Because we get in a rush. We get in a hurry, right? We're like, God, I need you to move now. And he's like, I've got it under control. It's going to be okay. But God, time is wasting. Not to me, God says. Just trust in me, you know? If you've got a watch or a phone, look at it, okay? And for some of you, I know you'll be looking at it again because I see when you check your watches to see how, how, how we're doing with time, okay? All right? But that time that you see on your watch or your cell phone, you look at it. God created that. God created it. God is the Lord of time. But here's what's awesome. He beautifully enters time freely to accomplish his purposes in our lives. And gang, there will be a day when time will come to an end as we know it, but not for God. He's eternal. And that's such great news for all of us because it opens up the possibility that we too can have eternal life after we pass on from this one. Why? Because God eternal and the person of Jesus Christ left his throne of glory to come down to earth in our world of time and minutes and hours and calendar days. He left his throne of glory to come down here to put on flesh and to enter our world and to take our place on the cross to die for our sins so that when we believe on him in an active faith, we will live forever as well because we serve an eternal God who had no beginning and he has no end. And he's created us in his likeness. He's purposed us to, have, to live with him for eternity. But the only way we're going to live with him for eternity is through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. So that takes us right to the third thing we learned from God's first introduction of himself in Genesis 1.1. Number three, God, Elohim, exists outside of space and matter. Outside of space and matter. We learn from our text in the first sentence in the Bible that everything that is known is really made up of two things, space and matter, space and matter. In Genesis 1.1, it says God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens is your space, earth is your matter. This shows and tells us that God, in fact, is the creator of everything that exists before, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's no substance, no material, no elements, no matter, no energy, no atoms, no neurons, no protons, electrons, no gas, liquid, solids, only God. And he began it all according to his plan and purposes. He created the heavens and the earth. He spoke it all into being and existence. And we see that it was done in an instant at his very word. We'll speak about that more next, next week, okay? But again, God's not limited to space and matter. 
God isn't bound by any of the laws of physics that we know today and that we as humans are bound by it. No, God, Elohim, is over it all. He reigns and he rules over all of his creation. Listen to me. He is Lord over time and space and matter. That's the God who we serve. That's the God who we worship and who we praise. Praise the Lord. He is Elohim, the eternal, almighty, supreme creator God. Hallelujah. That's who we worship. That's who we're gathering in today to worship and to praise. That's who we're following. That's who's holding us in his hand. Praise God. Jake, if you want to come forward, man, where's my man? Where's my musicians? All right. As I begin to close this portion of the message on Elohim. All of this massiveness about God and his eternal majesty, supreme power and creative majesty. You know, and sometimes, you know, we get, you know, we get the feels, right, in worship and, and all that. We, you know, when we uh, get going in our spiritual lives and walks and, you know, we read the Bible and, you know, we'll come across God and we thank you, God, and we'll serve you, God, and we'll live for you, God. And sometimes I feel like we forget the gravity of what God's name means, Elohim, how sovereign he is, how in control he is, how he has created everything, praise the Lord. And sometimes when we think about those kinds of things, though, sometimes it can make God seem kind of impersonal, that God's kind of, you know, like way out there. Like God is huge and we're just kind of, you know, little bitty, itsy, tiny, bitty people, Okay. Here's the beauty about God Elohim, guys. Not only all of that, all, all of what we talked about and what we'll talk about next week more, yet God is personal and he works within his creation. And I love that. Not only is God supreme and eternal and awesome and he, he spoke the world into existence and he's creator God, almighty, but he's a personal God. And he works within his creation. So gang, although God is transcendent, remember we talked about it, he, he, it means he exists outside of space, outside of his time and his creation. He's also, and I love this, he's also imminent, which means he's present. He's present with us in space and time. He's transcendent, but yet also he's imminent. And he's with us. Not only is God above all things, and he, he, he also works in all things. Not only is he, he, he sets outside and he exists outside of all things in his creation, yet he occupies himself with all things. That's why he's such a great God. That's why he's Elohim. Because he intervenes in our lives. Back in 2010, of a wonderful testimony. We were having a church, it was, it was October, yeah. It was October 2010. We were having a church kind of a, back in northern Kentucky. You know, it's fall, it's real cool and crisp, so we're gonna have a big, you know, church kind of like potluck bonfire out at one of our members' houses. He owned like 20-something plus acres out in the hills of Kentucky and so we were all going to go out there on a Saturday and just have a great time of building relationships. And quite a few of us camped on his 
property the night before, and somebody had brought a, a four-wheeler, and uh, when we got up the next morning, we decided, hey, we're gonna, there's some nice trails throughout the woods of, you know, of, of Kentucky, and we're going to traverse through those woods before everybody starts coming with the rest of the church around noon or two o'clock when, you know, have the, all the food and stuff. So Megan, and this is when Tatum and Kyler, our oldest daughters, were like 10 and eight years old. And so Megan took Kyler on the four-wheeler first and was going through the, the trails and the woods. It's pretty hilly. It's very unlike here in Corpus Christi, you know what I mean? It's very hilly there. So you're going up and down and making turns and stuff. And they came out, and then it was me and my oldest daughter uh, Tatum's turn. And uh, so we were going in the woods and having a good time and not really going fast because Tatum's in my lap, you know what I mean, and sitting in front. And we had to go up this hill, and you had to come down and make this real harsh turn. And for some reason, the, the four-wheeler jerked and, and moved forward really quick, but I was able to con- get it under control. And I, and I thought to myself, man, that's, that's a dry creek bed right there. I'm I'm glad we slowed down enough because we would have went right into that thing. And so, so I had to turn it real hard to kind of get back on the trail. And as soon as I did that, what I believe is my knee must have kicked that throttle. And man, we just, if you've ever ridden a four-wheeler, you push that throttle, it doesn't stall. You know what I mean? It gets going really quick and good. And man, I went head first into a tree. And believe me, man versus tree Tree's going to win every single time, every single time. Hit a tree with my head, and Tatum got thrown off of the thing, and I was completely out. My arm, I lost eyesight, all kinds of stuff, but here's the cool thing. Tatum's like 10 years old. She gets up. This is her testimony. She looks around. There's trees everywhere. We're deep in the woods of Kentucky. She has no idea how to get get out and get back. She looks around and she says, all of a sudden she sees the brightest light she's ever seen in her life. At 10 years old, she goes, I'm just going to follow that light. And that light, which I believe is Christ, led her along the right path. There was was even a secret entrance there. That you, you had to get off the path and find a secret entrance to, to get on it. You had to know where to go. But it led her right back to the big camp with everybody. When she walked out of the woods covered in dirt and everything like that, everybody took off running. They knew something was wrong. But God intervened right then and there. God intervened right there in our lives. I could continue with different testimonies of God intervening. How many of you would raise your hand and say, there's been times when I know God has intervened in my life? Hands everywhere. Praise the Lord. That's Elohim. He's personal. Not only is he, yes, great and mighty and awesome and above all and and total supreme and omnipotent and creator, but he also gets in here with us in our mess, in our dirt, and he walks with us, gang. The, The false thought of pantheism Many gods believe that everything is good or everything is a part of God, which 
That would make God, you know, equal to creation. Then he really couldn't do anything. Then there's also the false thought of deism that says that God is distant from his creation. He created everything and everyone, but now it's just hands off and let things happen as they happen, and he doesn't get involved. Listen, those worldviews aren't even close, remotely close to the truth of God. God, Elohim, is a personal God that wants to be known, that wants us to know him, and he participates in our lives. He involves himself with the creation that he created, praise the Lord. That means he listens to your prayers. He supplies the needs in our lives. He puts things in order for us. He walks with us. He has fellowship with us. He never leaves us alone. He makes a way in our lives where there seems to be no, no way. He's a lamp to our feet and a light on our path, Psalm 119.105. God, Elohim, created everything. Get this. He created you. And he created you. And he knows you. He knows you. And he wants to be personally involved with you. The beauty that we saw yesterday, how many saw the, the, uh, the eclipse? Almost all of us. If you didn't see it in person, I'm sure you saw pictures. We, now saw, we saw it live stream and in person. Double the beaut, okay? But the same God that created that beauty, listen, man, he knows you and he cares for you. The truth is that God doesn't, he doesn't need the world. He doesn't need anything in it. We've already unpacked this truth about God, Elohim, Elohim, and we'll do so next week, but God set everything in order. He created it all so that we can have a relationship with him, so that we could have fellowship with him, and he could have fellowship with us, so that we would love him and serve him and live for him, and he would walk with us, as I said, and communicate with us, and he would help us and lead us. He wants to be personally involved in our lives. And the way he makes this happen is through giving of his son, Jesus Christ. Gang, we've sinned, we've transgressed, we've messed up the relationship. God sent his son to bridge that gap. Jesus didn't come down to earth and give his life to meet a need that he himself had. Listen, God, Elohim, doesn't have needs. He needs nothing. He sent his son and Jesus died to meet our greatest need, praise the Lord. God wants you. He desires you. He wants you to give him your heart. So right here, right now, God the creator, Elohim, chooses to involve himself in your life, in your heart. And the choice really is yours. I preached last year about Jesus knocking on the door of our hearts, waiting for us to open it to him, waiting for us to say yes to Jesus, then choosing to take up our cross and follow him. Listen, don't, don't push him away this morning. Don't, don't stand off from God at a distance. He loves you and wants to have a close, personal relationship with you. He wants to provide for you and to help you He's Elohim, the eternal, almighty, supreme, creator God. But he knows every aspect about you. (laughs) 
He's totally sovereign. And if you've called on Jesus, if you've made him your Lord and Savior, listen, our sovereign Elohim has you in his mighty hands. I want that to speak to somebody this morning. Whatever you may be facing, whatever you're going through right now, it's going to be all right because he's not going to let go of you. You are in his hands. And there's nothing that's too hard for God. Trust in him. No matter what comes, trust in him. Good news or bad news, laughter or tears, just trust in God, Elohim, the eternal, almighty, supreme creator God who knows everything about you. Hmm. How many of you this morning would be honest and say there's something in your life that you need the almighty, eternal, supreme, creative hand of God to touch, whether whether that's emotionally, relationally, mentally, physically, or even financially? Raise your hand right now. Let me see. Everyone, yes, I'm raising my hands too. Listen, I'm going to pray, and as I do, talk to the eternal, almighty, creator God about it. He already knows. The Bible says he knows what we have need of before we even ask. But he wants to be personally involved. He wants you to invite him in. And I promise you, he's already working. He's already working. He just wants you to lean on him this morning and then beyond. So as I pray, let him touch your life. Let him move in your heart and experience his wonderful, peaceful presence this morning. Let him have his way in your life and in your heart. Lord, we just come before you right now, God. God, we declare you are Elohim, the eternal, almighty, supreme creator God. Thank you, Lord, that we can put our trust in you. Thank you, God, we can put our confidence in you. Lord, I pray for everyone that that, that might be here this morning that they've not made your son, Jesus, their Lord and Savior. I pray that this morning, even right now, they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in their heart with an act of faith. That they would do as the Apostle Paul tells us to do in the book of Romans, to confess Jesus as our Lord with our mouths, believe in our heart that God... You raise Jesus from the dead and they'll be saved. Let them call on you right now, Jesus. Your eternal name. The only name where we find hope and strength. The name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. The name where every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that you are Lord. Even those who on this earth right now, God, who have rejected you, rebelled against your name, Jesus, have pushed you away, have done all kinds of vile things, Lord, and they refuse on this earth to call you Lord. There will be one day when they're going to bow on their knee and they're going to say, Jesus, actually, you are the Lord and I was completely wrong. Lord, let us do that now. The Apostle John says, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. I implore you this morning, in the name of Jesus, if you've not made Christ your Savior, don't play games with our eternal God. He controls your life. He set the times of your days. Call on him today while he may be found, as the word says.
Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I may not do it perfectly, but I, I, I I want my heart to be after you. Lord, for all those that raised their hand this morning, those that are online that are with us and just raised their hand there too, Lord, I just pray, God, whatever it is, whatever it is they're going through, whatever it is they're facing, whatever it is, God, the insurmountable odds, Lord, the the mountain that's in front of them, Lord, or a valley that they seem to to have to cross. Maybe they feel like their their, their life is just meandering around. They just don't know. Let them know who you are right now. Bring that peace and that assurance in their heart that, Lord, you are supreme. You're sovereign. You're omnipotent. There's nothing too hard for you. You are eternal. You created it all, Lord. You can make a way. You can move and shift, and you can do the impossible, Lord. And that's what we pray for this morning, for you to do the impossible in people's lives. As we begin to hear testimonies, we will give you praise. We will glorify your name for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bring peace right now, comfort right now, assurance right now to every heart and every life. And God, we're going to magnify you. We're going to exalt your name as you walk with us and deliver us and help us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, in your mighty name. Your mighty name. Jesus. God, Elohim eternal, almighty, supreme creator God. Amen. 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 You know what amen means? Let it be. Let it be, Lord. We put our amen to that prayer, amen. Amen? Yeah, amen. You know how good God is? So last week, we, uh, last week's message is all about we're going to exalt and magnify the name of the Lord and Jake and the team led us in the song, you know, talk about how great God is. I mean, that wasn't, it's not planned, man. That's just how God does things. This week, you know, he had on the list that the song is called Everything's Gonna Be All Right. How cool is that? Come on, as we sing this this morning, let's sing this as a testimony to God. Let us realize in our hearts, it's whatever it is, it's gonna be all right because God's in control. His plan will prevail in our lives. Amen?